everybody. It's your boy. It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. This one sponsored big time by the Off the Ball Network. We are doing the inaugural Off the Ball Network mock draft. Today will be picks one through ten. I have some wonderful guests with me today. So I'm going to start. Steven, breaking the game, our NBA guy, our NBA god, our NBA guru, decided <laughs> to come on here and give us some of his NFL picks. Steven, how you doing today? I'm a lot, I feel a lot better about myself after the intro, Mo. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you for coming on. You know, definitely glad to get an NBA guy in the building. Uh, Jelani, I got my guy from the What the Game Means to Me podcast. Jelani Brown, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta everything, <laughs> Atlanta Hawks super fan. Yes, Jelani, man. how you doing today? I'm doing well, brother. Appreciate you for having me on. Um, hopefully, I make uh, either some people make some people proud with these picks. Um, they're a little last minute, but definitely looking forward to today's show and having some fun. Yes, sir. Definitely can't wait. Then I got my guy James Barcia. My guy making his debut on the Up in Flames podcast, let alone, you know, first time working with you since you've officially been with the Off the Ball Network. Barcia, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I got jitters, you know. Up the Flames is perfect because baptism on fire right now. I'm feeling it. Yes, sir. Hey, that's I love to hear it. And then I got my man, the guy that put me in the game, the guy that introduced me to the podcast game the guy that has put me with around all these great fellas that i've always already introduced i got my man rob cruz but i can't introduce him without giving him the right introduction and that's my man the hottest of the hot takes <laughs> i take credit for the hot takes on the podcast but i got the hottest of the hot takes cruz island rob cruz from the football and chill podcast how you doing rob man i didn't think any of us were gonna get a better intro than uh steven got but man <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, very humbling. Yes. I still um, think I got the better of everybody. <laughs> right, but you know what? I'm happy to be on. Uh, very happy to be on. Um, glad that we're still be, uh, able to do this. Me, you, Mo, in a, a year later, another draft later. Uh, yep. Very excited. Yeah, 100%. And so, you know, as, as I introduce everybody and, and let everybody know that this is the first inaugural off the ball network mock draft. Let's just get straight into it. So we're going to do picks 1 through 10 today. Um, everybody's going to get credited for their picks like I let everybody know before. So let's just get straight to it. Round 1, pick 1, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Picked by our very own from Breaking the Game, Stephen Gillespie. Like I said, the NBA guru. Stephen, you're on the clock. Who is Jacksonville picking in the first round with the number 1 pick of the, old, of the 2021 NFL Draft? Man, I'm gassed up. You were just... You know, lavishing so much praise on me right now. I feel like I can't mess this up. But I don't know. I told everybody in this in this room right now that they were going to have to wait just like everybody else to see who I was going to take with the number one pick. I know that y'all were on pins and needles all day long. And after much deliberation with myself, I talked to Urban Meyer. You know, I, I was like, hey, bro, I'm about to do this draft. Who you want to get? He's like, you know, don't let me down. There's a couple people I want to take. But at the end of the day, you can't be the guy that passes up on Trevor Lawrence, all right? So Trevor Lawrence gets it. I will say a little caveat. You guys know I still don't think that he is hands down going to have the best NFL career over any of these other quarterbacks in the draft, right? He's a, he's a prospect that you can't pass up on. He's just uh, – apparently he's the best quarterback to ever come through the college ranks since Andrew Luck. And, you know, we could argue that that's a whole other show in of itself. But at the end of the day, Jacksonville, 
you can't mess this pick up. You have to take this guy. Even if it fails, you can at least at the end of the day say, this was the guy that nobody else could pass up on. We had the number one pick. We had to take him. And that's what Urban Meyer told me. He said, we can't pass up on Trevor Lawrence. So, Urban, I'm, I'm glad that I did you proud today, man. You got your quarterback. Now, don't let me down because I'm 30 <laughs> minutes away from Jacksonville. I'm going to go watch this dude play. Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. So, Stephen with the first pick. By the Jack for the Jacksonville Jaguars picks Trevor Lawrence. Beat that um, I think it's no Cruise surprise Island, there. Population of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's no surprise there, fellas. Is there any dispute on Steven's pick? Not no. one bit. Yeah, I didn't think so. Like, I felt like I felt like of all these picks, like if we spent any amount of time on picking, you know, Trevor Lawrence at number one, it would have been a waste of time. So I, I did feel like, you know, that was the proper pick. That's what I would have rolled with. I'm pretty sure, you know, he's off the board. We know he was going to be off the board. So now I'm going to go to the second pick, round one, pick two, by my guy, Jelani Brown, from what the game means to me. New York Jets are on the clock. Jelani, who are you rolling with? Yes, sir. So uh, a little nervous, heart beating out my chest right now because I feel like the most uh... – I'm probably gonna get the most backlash, not the most backlash, because this this pick could go anywhere. We there's no there's no secret that the Jets literally need help in every single position on the football field. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, honestly, you know, it's been a lot of back and forth. I know these last few weeks, a lot of people on Twitter have been going crazy. Um, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields discussion, um, even a little bit of uh, Suell, some other quarterbacks, Lance, um, Mac Jones, but. I, I got to, and it, I battled with it a lot within this last hour and 30 minutes, but I got to go with Justin Fields at the number two pick. Hey. Um, I know, I was like, I know that makes Mo a little bit, a little happy. Um, of course, Ohio State, uh, Buckeyes guy. Um, like you say, it, it, it just honestly comes down to, like I said, they don't know their quarterback situation as of yet. I'm pretty sure they're not, you know, loyal to Don, Darnold. Um, I think. Right now, for them, I read it somewhere. They're asking price, of course, for Deshaun Watson. I think is a little bit out of their range. I think they have the pieces to make it work, but I don't think they want to make that move for some reason. Um, so, like I said, Justin Fields, I seem it just seems like he's you know the right fit at the moment for them. Like I said, it kind of gives them a little bit of an answer at quarterback. He's athletic, obviously, he's big. Um, if all else fails, like I know the the big stigma around him right now is. Um, he and other Ohio State quarterbacks are one-read guys. They don't know how to go through progressions um, and, you know, such as that. But, you know, I'm not here to argue about that. I think um, if he, if that is the case, you know, whoever is offensive coordinator, whoever he gets, in, you know, works with within the NFL, they'll get him through that. Um, and his legs would be his outlet, if anything, if all else fails. So um, just couldn't pass up on this, you know, this talent. Uh, I feel like he, you know, should be their next quarterback and their franchise quarterback for the future. Yeah, um, before I let the fellas go, not a bad pick. Um, like you said, the Jets need help everywhere. There's a lot of places you could have went. You could have looked mm-hmm. at Swell. You could have looked at uh, Jamar Chase yeah. or Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, Zach Wilson, for guys who consider Zach Wilson to be a better quarterback mm-hmm. um, coming into this draft than Justin Fields. I don't think associated with the Off the Ball Network, there's too many people that feel that way. There might be a few, but, you know, I think Justin Fields is widely regarded around the network itself as the second-best quarterback in the draft. And if you go quarterback, T-Law is off the board. The Mm -hmm. the right pick was Justin Fields. Fellas, starting with Mm -hmm. Steven, is there anybody that you would have – is there a surprise that Jelani went 
as a GM for the New York Jets with Fields? Well, I want to say first off that I do believe that Fields is QB2 in this draft, like you said, Mo and Jelani. Uh, I agree with that. I'm a little surprised. I think that with so much, so many holes that need to be filled, mm-hmm. I would have went with uh, Panay Sewell. I think yeah, that he's the guy in this draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that you get your bookend tackles and you develop Darnold, give him another shot under a new regime because Adam Gase, we saw what he did not do with Ryan Tannehill and look at him now. So I think, you know, maybe give him a, give him one more year without Gase kind of ruining him. That would have been the direction that I would have went. But mm-hmm. if you did go quarterback, I'm glad that you went Fields because everyone's making this Ohio State thing out to be, I think, a little bit more than what it needs to be because the last yeah. BYU quarterback that did anything was like over 30 years ago. So like <laughs> we can chill with Ohio State not pumping out quarterbacks because the only school right now that is consistently putting out good quarterbacks is Oklahoma, and they don't have a guy in the draft right now. So, yeah, yeah, Barcia, what do you what do you feel about the number two pick? Oh, uh, I actually been arguing with Steven all week about this. Yes, Me personally, I would have gone Zach Wilson with that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you guys said, it's a new regime. You need to start fresh with a new quarterback. Me personally, they're almost hand in hand. Just I guess I have the uh, Ohio State stigma. But something about Ohio State quarterbacks, I just I can't fall in love with them. Yes, what has BYU pulled out since then? But uh, sample size is a lot bigger when you come with schools with like Ohio State or Alabama. Uh, the spread system they play usually makes it a lot easier to put up bigger numbers. For example, we could look back at Haskins, who put up 50 touchdowns, and he hadn't start since his sophomore year in high school, I think it was. Some crazy stat like that. But um, I definitely would have won Zach Wilson. I thought about Sewell, but with the way Darnold is mentally, I don't think there's any way he could be mm-hmm. who everyone thought he could be with this regime or in this franchise, possibly for a different team. Okay. Boom. Barcia just went on the Up in Flames poop list for talking <laughs> bad about Ohio State quarterbacks. I'm glad you made I'm your Ohio debut. State fan though, I- I'm man. glad you made your debut the way you did. <laughs> So I'm just going to move on. I'm not going to argue with you. No, I respect your take. I'm just talking. But, you know, I I had to give you a little something. I'm a big-time Ohio State fan. But I do understand the outlook on Ohio State quarterbacks. And and I do understand. We've had Braxton Miller, Terrell Pryor. I could go down a list Mm -hmm. of great college quarterbacks that we had, that, and none of them have done anything in the NFL. So I can respect that take. Um, I just think we have to take it a year-by-year basis on this. And, you know, I said Dwayne Haskins was going to be different. I felt like Dwayne Haskins could have been in a better situation. Not to, to not to downplay Washington. It wasn't about the situation of the team he was on. It was just mm-hmm. about, to me, the, the front office wanted him. You know, the owner wanted him, but the coach and the GM wasn't high on him. So mm-hmm. that's why I felt like he could have went in a better situation. But not, as, not to say that he didn't go on a good team. It was just about the confidence that they had in that pick. He had the backing of the owner, but he didn't have the backing of the GM and the head coach. That was my biggest thing about Dwayne Haskins. But, Rob, before we get to you on your pick, you got pick three. What do you think about the second pick? Did that change anything on how you prepare for the third pick? Uh, Not really. Um, I I do want to say that I agree with Barcia 1,000%. You know, we don't you don't go you don't have to go on a year by year basis. You just even just look at the last two coaches combined, Urban Meyer and Ryan Day, the quarterbacks they have produced 
Braxton Miller, who is no longer a quarterback. JT Barrett, who is no longer in the league. Cardell Jones, no longer in the league. Dwayne Haskins has character issues. And plus, he, he, he could be a qu- good quarterback. He has a skill set. But as of right now, he, he too is a bust. Let's see if he can get his his life together and turn things around. Um, but yes, the the sample size is so much bigger when it comes to Ohio State. You have quarterbacks coming out now almost yearly, and yet they're mm-hmm. all failing miserably. Yep. So to say that we have to go year by year, not not really. And the last BYU quarterback to do anything, correct me if I'm wrong, is is right now fighting for a starting spot in New Orleans. Yep. Facts. Okay. Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yep, you, you're right. I, I couldn't remember if he was actually BYU quarterback. No, nah, he did even. go to BYU. Yeah. You, I just right. want to say, I want to ask you guys, and I'm sorry, I don't want to make this a Fields podcast. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Fields like character-wise, the way he handles himself on the field, you know, his interviews, and then obviously to just mm-hmm. watching him play football, he just feels different than every other guy yeah. that you guys listed, though. He Statue, doesn't. Yeah, exactly. He, Statue, he doesn't feel the same. All those other guys felt the same. Like even watching them aesthetically, mm-hmm. they felt the same. He just he seems different. Is all is all I want to add. Yeah. yeah, lots of people can seem different, and I agree. He does sure. seem different. I think he does have the potential to be good, but there is a notion that that has that has you know evidence to back it up that. Correct. Ohio State I agree quarterbacks with that. are one read quarterbacks. If their first option isn't there, they're taking off running. And most mm-hmm. of most of the time, their first option, their first read is a jet sweep or a little two yard crossing route across the field. Mm-hmm. I think some crazy stat that Dwayne Haskins, his one year at Ohio State, had nearly a thousand yards. It's like eight hundred and fifty something yards of from jet sweeps alone. Mm-hmm. So th- that is is a big part of their offense. Um, but I would have gone uh, a swell as well, or Sewell. I'm sorry, however you pronounce his name. I would have gone him because no matter who your quarterback is, having two book and tackles mm-hmm. is key. Whether it's Donald, whether it's Field, whether it's um, do for, uh, Zach Wilson, who I would not touch with a ten yard, ten foot pole because <laughs> I, I, after dealing with Dwayne Haskins, I hear character issues, and that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. I hear character issues, yep. I'm done. You, you're off my draft board completely. Um, I definitely would have gone Panay Swell though. Yeah. Yep. Well, here, here. You know, now, Rob, with you fi- finishing the take on the second pick, round one, pick three, Miami Dolphins get to be picked by RGM for the Miami Dolphins. Cruise, Cruise Island, hot takes, hot takes of the year. You know, <laughs> show debuting in March to give you all his hot takes. But Cruise, so you have the pick, the third pick of the twenty twenty one NFL draft. And you will be picking for the Miami Dolphins uh, with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence off the board. Who are you going with for the Miami Dolphins? So I was really hoping that uh, Jelani would take Sewell because it would have made my life a whole lot easier. The only issue I have with taking him at three right now is the Dolphins don't need a left tackle. They need an interior lineman. Mm-hmm. They're solid at left tackle. Mm-hmm. They don't need somebody like – they're the – their bigger need is is on the inside, um, I can inside see interior lineman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so to use a pick on somebody like Swole, like Swell, it's hard. Um, so for that, I gotta go Jamal Chase. Not bad. Water mm-hmm. zero. Out of, it 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 came down between him and Devontae Smith. Obviously, I just like bigger receivers, as y'all know. Mm-hmm. You know, the goat is a very big receiver. 
Um, DK Metcalf, for those of you who are confused, <laughs> he's a huge specimen of a man. Um, I like big receivers, uh, so that is what I, I like. Jamar Chase just a little bit more than Devontae Smith right now. I do. I the thing I struggled with a lot was that con- the Tua to Devontae Smith connection. The one thing that kept replaying in my head was that 2018 national championship game from Tua to Devontae Smith. Yep. Yep. 100%. So I don't disagree with you at all, Rob. Um, I'm actually glad you went this route to point out that I'm not the only one who feels, and I'm not saying that anybody on, on here feels this way, but I know I kind of jumped out on the limb. We forget about how great Jamar Chase was. Uh, last year Mm -hmm. in their national Mm -hmm. championship run with Joe Burrow for the simple fact we were, we we tend to have recency bias and we know Devontae Smith won the Heisman trophy. Um, So he's going to be widely regarded as the best wide receiver going into this draft. I've always been, and everybody here knows that that's been in the chat and everything that I've been big on Jamar Chase. I've stuck on the fact that I think Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiver in this drive. Me and Steven actually had this conversation before. So I think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in this draft. And his size means something to me. He has speed. He's not a slow guy. He might not be as fast as Devontae Smith. And I just look at Miami's team and, like, you have Devontae Parker, I think would be a solid 1B. And I think Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase can make an instant impact. So, Rob, I I personally – don't agree with your pick. Starting with Barcia. Barcia, do you agree with do you disagree, agree with Rob's pick? Or would you have went differently? Is there a guy you would have took over Jamar Chase? Uh me personally, he mentioned it. I would have gone Smith, actually, because you just mm-hmm. gotta go with that beautiful connection they have. I wouldn't have gone Seawell, Suewell, uh, because like he said, they already set at left tackle. Even if you want to push him at right tackle or push the other guy at right tackle. You got to think about paying these guys four or five years mm-hmm. come down the line, and that's a lot of money to put on both ends. Yes, you want to make sure and lock down that position for as long as you can to protect your quarterback, but at the same time, it's kind of hard to pay everybody and then your quarterback as well on top of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Jelani, what do, you, what do you think about Rob's pick with number three going Jamar Chase? No, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, even like you said, it's recency bias going to back to last year. We saw what Justice Jefferson did this year in the NFL, and everybody regarded Jamar Chase as the better receiver of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that kind of something that kind of stuck out to me as well. I think it was something I read or saw this week um, that Devontae Smith said he preferred Mac Jones a little bit over to a um, at quarterback. So that's not. Some, I mean, obviously they got a beautiful connection. There's nothing that would you know. There's no friction or nothing there, but. Um, just overall, I would, you know, probably go with a different guy. Devontae Smith would, you know, he fancies a different quarterback over another. Um, but like you guys said, Jamar Chase is, you know, just a, a freak of an athlete. Um, I know he sat out this year, of course, so we didn't really get to see him this past uh, college football season. But, yeah, I would have went that pick as well just because, like you guys said, they, they're pretty much they're pretty much set at, you know, tackle. Um, so they don't really need to, you know, put their – like the Miami team is basically a team that – they can have fun with this pick. Like they just they need they need those shiny pieces, a running back or a wide receiver. So mm-hmm. going with Jamar Chase, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that one. Yep. Steven, any any final thoughts on Rob's pick with uh taking Jamar Chase? I'm just gonna be the lamo and say that I do think that you take Sewell because you look at Tua needs a lot of help protection wise, right? We saw that in Miami this season. And I guess as decent as their offensive line was 
you're looking at a guy in Sewell who could potentially be like an all decade type tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's got that sort of speed, athleticism, strength. This guy plays tackle almost like Aaron Donald plays defensive line on film. You watch him play. He pops on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You hardly ever see an offensive lineman do that. And so I think it's I think it's easier to find a, a receiver later than it is to find that dynamic of an mm-hmm. offensive lineman anywhere else. Free agency, draft, it doesn't matter. When you see a freak on the offensive line, you have like to me, when you got a young quarterback who struggles to make decisions, Fitzpatrick isn't going to be his safety blanket forever. You have to protect him. And they have another first round pick to where they can still go and add a weapon later. So I think that you invest in protecting the young man, whether he plays a different, whether Sewell plays center, guard, other tackle, whatever. You, you make that work, and you mm-hmm. beef up that offensive line because the best teams in the NFL have stacked offensive lines. And in his division, everyone plays good defense, but the offense is up for the taking. So if he's protected, I think Tua could – we could see the best Tua that we could see with that offensive line looking like that. Yeah, Stephen, you made a great point. Um, so, you know, just to go ahead, Rob, uh, before we push it forward to, to who I'm going to go with at pick number four, go ahead. Just to say real quick, they they have three really good rookies on the offensive line right now. Well, they were rookies. Mm-hmm. Austin Jackson, uh, Solomon Kinley, and Robert Hunt is mm-hmm. a right tackle. Jackson is left tackle. They drafted last year out of USC. Mm-hmm. To try to put – because your right tackle solid. You're, you're now trying to get tackles. You're eventually, if you were to draft uh, Panaswell – you would have to put get tackles to play inside guard, mm-hmm. which that Washington tried to do that with uh, Brandon Scherf. They drafted him with every single intention on putting him at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Could not do it. So they had to put him back at guard. Not saying that these guys couldn't make the switch from tackle to guard, but just saying it is it, it is a much different position. I understand. I but I do agree. I do agree. I did struggle with mm-hmm. as soon as uh, Johnny said uh, field. I instantly I was like I I should, but they need weapons. Mm-hmm. I understand, and, and that was my thought with that second draft that mm-hmm. they can or that second first that they can go do that. But I totally get the Jamar Chase appeal. And again, like when y'all mentioned his size, I think it's important to mention that he's not that much taller than than uh, I'm. Ex- excuse me, um, Devonte Smith, but he is more muscular. He's more, you know, he's stronger. He's yep. more. Uh, he has twenty five pounds on him. Yeah, <laughs> Correct, as of right yeah. now, what they're listed, same height. They're both six one. Mm-hmm. Right now, Devonte Smith is is listed at one seventy five. Jamar Chase is two hundred. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that's a lot of muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. And so, you know, to move on, round one, pick four, for the Atlanta Falcons. We to, just to note, we have a Falcons fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jelani, you know, straight from Atlanta, Georgia. So yeah, I would hate to, I would hate to disappoint him. I hope I don't disappoint him with this pick. I look, so I put my GM cap on for Atlanta, but as a as a guy who's gonna break down all these draft picks, see who's been drafted before. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to what their front office has said, and their front office has said that Matt Ryan or Julio Jones is not up for trade this year. Mm-hmm. They're gonna so. Going into the season, Matt Ryan is going to be their quarterback and Julio Jones is going to be their wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Um, to basically, Matt Ryan is getting older. 
So you would think the most sense would be to maybe find this quarterback to replace him. But then I look at his division. Julio's getting older. He's getting injury prone. And they have Calvin Ridley, who's an up-and-coming wide receiver one, in a sense. Um, So my pick, actually, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, the simple fact, the reason I go Devontae Smith is because I'm going to go with they're rocking with Matt Ryan as QB1 this year. Um, they they have to be in a win-now mode. There's a few holes to fill. They drafted A.J. Terrell as a corner last year. I could have went corner to, to mm-hmm. throw another young corner on. I could have went Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, whoever I mm-hmm. valued as the better quarterback, to ultimately replace Matt Ryan. But to have the number four pick and to be in a win-now mode where you have your team and your division just won the Super Bowl, uh, you got the Saints, who are still going to be competitive, even though we don't know whether it's going to be Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, or Taysom Hill. They have weapons. They got a good defense. So I got to go with what won the Bucks, the Super Bowl, outside of bringing Tom Brady to Tampa, and it was the weapons. You look mm-hmm. at Mike Evan, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, um, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, uh, O.J. Howard, even though he was hurt majority of the year, Scotty Miller, you know, Tyler Johnson had a few great games. So I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons that I'm here to win now. And I'm going to go Devontae Smith to add to the simple fact my wide receiver core will be Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Devontae Smith. So that's where I'm going. Start with Steven. Steven, do you dispute that pick in any way? I don't dispute it a lot, especially considering that Atlanta, Jelani, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they love Alabama prospects in Atlanta, so there's a lot of ties there. Correct, yep. So you got, you know, Devontae Smith. That that would make a lot of sense with Calvin Ridley on that team with the alma mater situation. The only thing when you started, I could tell that you were going weapon. I thought that you were going to go Kyle Pitts, who I love in this draft. Whoever gets Kyle Pitts is going to get a star. I thought about it. the, The only way I would have disputed this pick would, again, be either Smith or help protect Ryan with Sewell because Sewell is still on the board. You could, mm-hmm. It's boring to go offensive line. I'm going to be the lame guy and say that, mm-hmm. you know, you could have went tackle there too. But, I mean, you can't really dispute one that realistically Alabama love, or excuse me, that Atlanta loves Alabama players. Mm-hmm. And giving Ryan another toy to play with is never a bad idea. Yeah, before I move on, part of mine was just thinking about valuing as a network, like even though we're putting our GM hat for these teams on and we're talking about the top 10 teams. So we're talking Mm -hmm. about guys who have a lot of roster issues Mm -hmm. was valuing the simple fact that as a network, we're going to put together this mock draft together on these type of shows. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about a a pick or a couple picks later that Mm -hmm. might need a swell. And then I was looking at if I value what my division has they have weapons. You know, they have Michael Thomas. There's Mike Evans in my division. Is a possibility that Chris Godwin comes back. Is a possibility that um, Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski come back. You know, so if I'm looking at my division, I'm looking at the weapons. DJ Moore over there in Ca- Carolina. You can't forget about how valuable he is. And they have their situation, which we will get into on this episode and decide where we're going to go with with Carolina. Um, but I just, there was a lot of factors for me to go with Devontae Smith. But I looked at a few picks later on and and also valued the fact that we're doing this as a network, doing this together. So teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. And that's why I went Devontae Smith. I thought about Kyle Pitts. 
you know, Steven, that, that definitely, when I looked at I'm like, okay, I got wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Do I need a wide receiver three or should I go tight end with Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts? I just think that with having the fourth pick that's reaching for a tight end that early, no matter mm-hmm. how good the tight end is, you know, none of these guys, none of these top tight ends were top five picks. You know, they were first rounders, second rounder, third, but none of like who was picked in the top four picks as far as these top tight ends in the NFL right now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Kelsey wasn't, Kittle wasn't, and neither was Rob Gronkowski. And we argue him as the greatest tight end of all time. Kelsey is making a case to be the greatest tight end of all time. George Kittle is the second best uh, tight end in the game. Mark Andrews is is up there. So I was just Waller, looking at all Waller's the guys. Up there. Yeah, Waller is definitely up there. But I'm just looking at all those tight ends and like, who reached for them at the top four picks? So that's why I went Devontae Smith. Um, Jelani, I picked for your team. Is there any dispute on me going Devontae Smith for the Atlanta Falcons? No, the, the point you made is, uh, you know, pretty valid, pretty solid. Like I just said, we love Alabama wide receivers. As you can see, we have two on our roster at the moment. Um, it did surprise me a little bit, I, I won't lie. But the way that our draft is going, it seems like I put the monkey in the wrench um, picking fields at uh, two. Um it's hard because I guess with us we are set at tackle. We don't really need Penis well, but I do like I have seen like some people have said that he can slide in at guard, and we do need help at right guard. So it wouldn't be a terrible pick if he was still there. But I do like the Devon, like you said, we're all in on Matt and Julio for this season. Um, adding another mm-hmm. toy wouldn't wouldn't be a bad option. It's kind of reminded me of last year with the Raiders when they needed a cornerback, but they went Henry Ruggs instead because they mm-hmm. it's kind of like the arms race in that uh, AFC uh, AFC West. So um, that's kind of what that pick is reminding me of. I, it would be interesting definitely to put him in the fold with Calvin. Russell Gage isn't a bad receiver weapon yeah. option at all. Um, Julio as well. You know, like I said, when, when he went down, Calvin had his best game. So Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say I disagree with the pick. I was a little surprised, but you know, if this was to happen, um, I don't think I'd be super upset at it as long as um, you know, our new regime, uh, you know, does something about the defensive side. Um, because we're yeah. just in a weird spot. Like, yeah. there's really no edge that are that's rated and wanted as high as four. Um, but it's like that's kind of what we probably need the most. But you know, I kind of trust them, and you know, I'm not mad with the pick at all, uh, especially with the weapons and the defenses that we have to face. NFC South. Yeah, and like you said, you kind of ruined uh where I was going with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm just throwing it out there. I had Justin Fields going number four. I already knew to the Atlanta Falcons and being, you know, basically coming home mm-hmm. um in his debut of coming home to the Atlanta Falcons and basically learning behind Matt Ryan. But you know, you went there with the Jets and, mm-hmm. and that was a strong pick. If you were gonna go quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, that that was definitely a strong pick. Marcia, any thoughts on any dispute? Any thoughts on Devontae Smith number four to the Falcons? I mean, I don't like the pick because it's an offensive player. And me personally, I feel like the Falcons are good offensively. Offensively, mm-hmm. they never really had an issue. But the best defensive player in this draft, I believe, is Mika Parsons coming out of Penn mm-hmm. State, the linebacker. And He's just not going to be the one guy to help that defense fix it. So you're right. When you look at all your division rivals, you got to match up with their talent offensively. And that's basically what today's game is. It's not even about who you can stop. It's just sling as many points as you can. <laughs> and that and that was my point. You know, I'm glad you hit that. It wasn't that I didn't know they know defense. I just feel like looking at the fourth pick in the NFL draft, 
I don't think there was a defensive player, no matter how good we can mm-hmm. go. I didn't think they were a good enough team to go defense and pass up on a talent like Devontae Smith. And that, and that's how I looked at it was like, you know, I, I had Justin Fields going there mm-hmm. for the simple fact, you know, I had the Jets picking differently um, and had the Dolphins pretty I had the Dolphins going the same way that Cruz went. So I just had the the Jets going with Penny Sewell. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, we're going to get our quarterback of the future, even though – there's so many ways we can help, but with the fourth pick, there's so many holes you can plug mm-hmm. that you really can't go wrong no matter what. Like, you may not love the pick, like the pick, you know, but there's just so, like you said, you could have went Michael Parsons and I wouldn't have been wrong. I could have went Patrick Sertan or uh, Caleb Farley mm-hmm. at corner and I wouldn't have been wrong. But with a team who has the number four pick, clearly they have so many holes that you wouldn't have been wrong going either way. I just felt like looking at the Bucks and the Buccaneers and how they won the Super Bowl, Yes, they have the gold at quarterback. That's undisputed. We know that. But look at what he surrounded himself with. And I'm looking at a former MVP in Matt Ryan. And if he can surround himself in the same way, while they're all in on him this year, who's to say that, you know, it wouldn't be deserving to put another weapon around him. But I I didn't disagree with Steven going the Kyle Pitts route either because when we talk about top weapons, we're either looking at receiver or tight end based on what the Falcons have and Kyle Pitts is that difference maker. You can also put him somewhere in the slot and have him line up outside. So Steven made a good point. Uh, Cruz, any any dispute before we move over to Barcia with the fifth pick? Not really a huge dispute. I think at this point I would have taken uh, Penesuel as well. I think we need to start respecting offensive linemen more on this show. Uh, yeah, and I've been big on that. I've been big on um, offensive linemen yeah. need more respect. So you're right. But you're but knowing the kind of organization that the Falcons are, I can definitely see them just adding to their arsenal. Because you got to think about it. We're gonna this. We say this almost every year, but this might be Matt Ryan's last year in Atlanta. If he his last go, last year, yeah, <laughs> yeah, his last last year. <laughs> this could be his, you know, his Brett Favre year. He's finally done in Atlanta, um, so they could be just setting themselves up for you know a quarterback in twenty twenty two. Who knows? And if appropriate, you're a, a, a rookie, in Atlanta. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you look at a rookie quarterback next year coming in with potentially Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Devontae Smith, I mean that's not a bad place to start your NFL career yeah yeah you kind of start losing excuses at that point mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yep 100 percent. whatever OSU quarterback um comes out <laughs> next year <laughs> all right now all right he could just cycle through the the three receivers as their first read <laughs> all right anyways um outside of the ohio show, state buckeye slander <laughs> that i will not allow uh, continuously on this show but nah uh barcia james barcia with the number f- round one number five pick he's gonna go back to back with the fifth or sixth pick but we're gonna allow to hear his take um cincinnati Bengals. they're on the clock barcia put your gm hat on who are the Bengals going with since we're talking Ohio State, uh, let's well, they're not an Ohio State player, but called the state of Ohio because they're about to throw a party, they're about to have a parade that this man dropped down the fifth. I'm taking Sewell, mm-hmm. like Thank Cruz you. just said. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we gotta start respecting linemen. Mm-hmm. I, I would have took him at two, three, four, five. You could, mm-hmm. you could take him one, and it wouldn't have been an argument mm-hmm. because he's just that type of player. There, you don't get generational old linemen like him that often. Yeah. Look at uh, yeah. Quentin Nelson. 
they drafted him in Indiana and he changed Indianapolis mm-hmm. and he changed that whole line. They just built around him. And with the yep. way uh Burrow got hurt this year, you need to just build around him and protect him because God forbid another injury happens. And just by building that line, you make that offense that much better. Burrow had little to no time to throw the ball, and Joe Mixon did nothing but run into a brick wall every time he grabbed the ball this year. So I think the obvious pick is you just got to take the big man and protect your QB. Yep, and and before I let everybody else go, that was my, you know, why I went Devontae Smith to the Falcons was looking at how they need to build their team. But also with considering the network and and we're a family and we do – that was where I felt like Sowell would be the best was either the Jets or he would fall to the Bengals. And, you know, Barcia, you hit it on the head. Joe Burrow got injured. You have to protect your investment. You took Joe Burrow with the number one pick of the draft last year. Um, he was balling up until the point that he got hurt. So what makes the most? You can surround him. And, you know, like I said, we're in this scenario where, these guys have so many holes. These teams have so many holes, you know, with being the fifth pick in the NFL draft. You could go defense, offense, receiver, lineman, cornerback, wide receiver, you know, um, running back, whatever. But my biggest thing was Joe Burrow needs protection. Protect your investment with your number one pick. And that's why I, I 100% agree with Sowell, especially with him being left um, to be picked at number five. So, Steven, do you disagree with that pick? I don't at all. And while everyone is saying we need to respect, you know, the offensive lineman more, I've been saying soul for the past few picks and you're like, yeah, but this team set at tackle. Yeah, but this team set at tackle. <laughs> I don't care. You watch this man. He pops on the film. Mm-hmm. He I, he could. Pl- I think he could play center. I, it doesn't matter to me. Just insert this man on the offensive line. Yep. I think that he will be that generational tackle. Like I said, he plays offensive line like Aaron Donald plays defensive line on film. Mm-hmm. And it's just. It's nasty. I love the fact that we could be looking at a Joe Burrow marriage with Panay Sewell. Like you could see these guys like play their whole career together. Cause you look at the receiver that they drafted last year, they low key Cincinnati's got a great or I won't say great, but a, a solid receiving core, mm-hmm. you know, top to bottom. So they got a decent receiving core. They need a lot of defensive help, but at the same time, do whatever you can to protect Burrow because that that duo could be together for a long time. You could see, yep. you know, Burrow buying Soul golden watches, you know, for ten <laughs> years, you know, every season for not getting sacked, a hundred percent. Jelani, any any thoughts on um, Soul going to the Bengals? Yeah, no, this is the only the, the only correct answer at this point. Um, like I said, I don't think I, I defended it, but like I said earlier, um, about the Justin Fields pick, I. Struggle with it so hard because I was reading Penelope Wells, you know, NFL draft scout right here. And I just something in my gut just told me to go Justin Fields because that's the way I feel like the Jets may be thinking. Um, but, yeah, like you, like you guys are saying, he's going to be a generational talent. I watched his highlights the other day. This man's a monster on the offensive line. I think he like Steven just said, he can probably play literally anywhere um, that you plug him in. So at this point, I think that is the only right answer. And Joe Burrow. He'll be very, very happy with us when he listens to this podcast to know that he'll be getting uh hopefully he'll be getting well on this line. Yep. Rob, any any final thoughts before we go to Barcia with the six pick? I don't understand why we took him. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I, totally I love the pick. Uh, my wife is a big Bengals fan, so I hope he does fall to five. Um just uh, cause I, I do want to see Joe Burrow succeed. Me and Mo, we mm-hmm. talked about it. Yep. And 
lengths you last did. year. I was big Joe Burrow guy. Um, you were. I just want to see him succeed. It's yep. too perfect. It's it's yeah. just it's Disney at this and, moment. And, and, and I think it makes the most sense out of the top five picks. Um, there's a lot of questions for you know outside of number one going Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. and and I think it's the pressure of going Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many ways you can go. The Dolphins, the Jets, the Falcons. There's so many ways you could go. I just think that if he does fall, you know, the um the the Bengals can't pass him up. There there's gonna be some sexy picks at, at edge rusher, mm-hmm. corner, a lot of things. But you gotta look at. I have the fifth pick and and Sewell dropped to me to number five. You you mm-hmm. have to evaluate that and know that you're getting the best value out of the top five picks. Even though there's no wrong answer, no matter where you go in the top five, in a sense, outside of Trevor Lawrence going number one, you have to know that is the right pick. And we will look back probably years from now and say that the Bengals might have got the best value at the pick because even if Trevor Lawrence becomes a superstar, they got their superstar in Joe Burrow. In mm-hmm. a sense, they they went number one with the number one pick. They got Joe Burrow. You got to protect your investment. If the year prior you go number one and go quarterback, your next thing with the receiver core that they have, which Steven pointed out with T. Higgins, Tyler mm-hmm. Boyd, whether they bring um, A.J. Green back or not should not affect whether you're going to protect your number one pick, your investment, your franchise quarterback. When you take a QB with the first pick, that's your franchise quarterback until proven otherwise. And up until his injury, Joe Burrow did not show us any signs of not being QB1 and being the franchise quarterback. He was balling. Like, if he played all year, we talk about Justin Herbert, but Joe Burrow had a chance. Maybe he would have put it up in the Mm -hmm. win column, but Joe Burrow had a chance of being the offensive rookie of the year. For the simple fact, he was balling up until he got injured. Now that you've seen your investment get hurt, you need to figure out how to protect your investment. And the way of protecting your investment is not putting more money into your investment. It's by buying a guy that's going to protect the money that you've already put into your investment, and that's by drafting Penny and Wells. So this is the shortest s- amount of time spent on a draft pick in this draft. <laughs> this like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, like when, when we really are on the think clock about and it, and they take Penny All right, number six pick. Yeah, like at, at this point, guys shouldn't be breaking down. You know how long it should take if Swell falls to the Cincinnati Bengals. It should be three seconds. We got Sewell. We're going to protect Joe Burrow. We're going to give you the right, you know, um, we're going to give you the perfect um, matchmaking. And like Steven said, Mm -hmm. you could arguably have later on the highest paid offensive alignment and you could have the highest paid quarterback and continuous success with your franchise quarterback and your protection. So, Barcia, you have the number six pick, uh, round one, pick six. You're on the clock with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, where Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw the pressure on you is you have two NFC East division rival fans in the chat with Rob being a Washington football team fan and me being a Dallas Cowboys fan. So we would love we for you to the botch the We got the whole NFC pick. East here with me yeah. being a Giants fan. So we're just all covered. Oh, here. okay. So here we go. So we would love, I'm sure even you would love to botch the pick. But, you know, fan, fan cap off, GM hat on. You you see who's been picked. We got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Penny Sewell off the board. So where are you going? Where is Philadelphia going with round one pick six? All right, so me putting my GM hat on right now, 
I feel like I'm already a better GM than Howie Roseman. But I've been debating this whole, like literally this whole time you guys were talking about my pick for me. I've just been bouncing back and forth between two guys right now. It's either Kyle Pitts, and you guys are going to hate me for saying this one, or Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And I think. Why not? Um, call me <laughs> crazy. I think I got to I gotta go Trey Lance. Why not? That's so Philly. Woo! Trey <laughs> Lance? This is, this is the way I'm seeing it, gentlemen, is with the way that it's worked out in Arizona, where they drafted Josh Rosen with the, it was 11th pick, overall pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. It, you're talking uh, first round pick, 11th overall. Why are you going to care about a second round pick if the quarterback you're bringing in drafting is going to make your team that much better, which is exactly what Kyler Murray did. You're talking about Miami Dolphins last year drafted Tua early, six overall. And they're already talking about trading him to get Deshaun Watson. Now, I understand Deshaun Watson was the finished overall product, but I was not a believer in Trey Lance at all. But I'm looking at the stats. I've watched some video, and this guy, it's a high risk, yes, but it's a high reward. And like Steven said, why not? Because if Howie Roseman doesn't get it done this year, He's seeing the door. There's absolutely no way he's not. And the only way he could save his job is by finding the savior of this franchise. And the Eagles have not had their own top 10 pick without having to trade up since I believe it was 2004 when they took Lane Johnson. Mm -hmm. So top 10 picks don't come that often. And when you have a top 10 pick and you have a chance to change your franchise with a quarterback, such as a Zach Wilson, a Justin Fields or Trey Lance, you got to take that chance. Yeah, um, before I let the other guys go, um, it's tough to, like, agree with your pick. I don't think I'd be upset with that if I watched the Eagles take Trey Lance. We wouldn't be upset with it. Of course we would. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't be upset. phenomenal. So, you know, I I get get where you're coming from. Because, like, like you you watch the film, and and like you, you said, I watched the film on Trey Lance. And it wasn't about the one game he played that was really a bad game last year. Mm-hmm. And then decided, you know what? Maybe this isn't going to be my year to boost my stock. In that one I got year. high stock. In that yeah, one year. Yeah, but that one that year. was the only intro he threw. The one game he played this year was the only intro he's thrown in the last two years. And, and that's yeah, 100% that. facts. But, I mean, I can't disagree with you if I'm going to put my hat on. Because, you know what? When you're a GM like Howie Roseman, and you're going to put, like, your job on the line, what's the safest pick to go? And it's to bet on a quarterback because in the simple fact, you're betting on Jalen Hurts, in a sense, by trading Carson Wentz. So you're betting on Jalen Hurts, and if you don't feel fully comfortable with betting on your second-round pick of last year, then I guess turn around and go quarterback this year. (laughs) That's not where I would have went. I'm not sure where I would have went at this point. I think you had the toughest pick up to this point with picking Philly. So I I will say you had the toughest pick because I can't (laughs) fully say I can't fully say where I would have went. But to go Trey Lance is actually a surprise, respectable, but a surprise with going quarterbacks and seeing what quarterbacks are available. We still have Zach Wilson. And uh, Mac Jones, oh, snap. Who, who are the five quarterbacks that are actually going to go in the first round? I can almost guarantee that simple fact that these those five quarterbacks, the three that have been picked so far and the two that are left, will go first round. But I will say it was bold, but putting your GM cap on for the Philadelphia Eagles, they go bold picks 
with picking Jalen Hurts in the second round instead of putting weapons around Carson Wentz in a wide receiver loaded draft last year, uh, not putting protection around Carson Wentz in a, a in a lineman draft that they could have went second round instead of drafted Jalen Hurts. They could have went offensive lineman. Uh, wasn't a first round loaded draft, but later on, second, third, fourth round, there were a lot of quality linemen at that point. So making bold picks is nothing. Picks is nothing that Howie Roseman is accustomed to Steven what do you think about that pick Trey Lance to the Philadelphia Eagles I I don't know part like I want to argue it but if I'm looking at it through Philadelphia Eagle color lenses why not make more quarterback controversy <laughs> this season since you just moved off a guy who played at this exact same college very similar build I don't think that if I'm Philadelphia I don't want to touch anybody who played at north dakota state university uh even if he is going to be a good quarterback james i'm not knocking the talent of the guy i just they just moved off of a quarterback who played at the exact same school the exact same build you know very similar style of play they got the quarterback they made the coach change they said that hurts and Wentz are both great quarterbacks and they're fortunate to have both of them they moved off of one so you think that they got their guy I would have went defensively if it were me, and you got guys at each level I think that could contribute immediately. But, James, I think you did like the most Philadelphia Eagle thing. I think it's actually stupid realistic that they would go and draft a guy who played at North Dakota State after they just got rid of the guy that they overpaid and and Uh, shipped him out. One point to bring up to that is, so you're telling me that the guy who did bad at the school before were going to affect it for this guy because – we had an argument about Justin Fields. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Oh, no, we did. We did. I hey, remember it's that. a year by year. It's year it's by year. year by year. Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> I said it's year by year. I said that one, I respected the talent of the guy. So like please don't like let's not misconstrue mm-hmm. that. I'm saying that Philadelphia probably doesn't want to look at another North Dakota State quarterback just because of what they went through last season. I think that he's that he's talented. I just want to put that out there, and I think that he's got a chance no matter what other quarterback in front of or behind him does or did. Yep. Jelani, any um, thoughts on Barcia going with Trey Lance, number six, to the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, like uh, Steven said, I feel like it wouldn't matter who you picked at this point. Philadelphia is going to be upset. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be upset regardless of whoever they pick. Um, That franchise just seems like they're about to start just being in shambles. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't want I wouldn't have went quarterback, of course, even not to say that Hurts is a sure thing because I'm pretty sure they don't think Hurts is a sure thing either. So it's like, why not go Trey Lance? Um, like I said, he is a talented guy. Um, the, the film jumps off tape. His stats, like you said, hadn't thrown the, inter- well, the interception in the one game. Um, prior <laughs> hadn't thrown any, you know, in his two years or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I mean – I don't know. Last year they kind of, they went wide receiver. Um, obviously with Rager, he was in and out of the lineup a lot. Really hurt. I mean, showed some promise towards the end of the season, but I definitely would have maybe went with the weapon, um, just because you know they have serviceable guys, but not really a guy. Obviously, Alshon's old. They hurt. cut him actually. Yeah, they, just, they just cut him. They just cut him. Just cut him. Today, say, yeah, fact. exactly. I was about to say just cut him today. Ertz looks like he might be out the door, um, and everybody else just that's a skill position just always hurt on that team. So. I would definitely – I mean, I could see Kyle Pitts, you know, him and um, if they keep Goddard, obviously, you know, kind of like a two-tight end duo set. Um, I know one of their other biggest needs, obviously, was receivers. So, I, I may have Kyle Pitts as well. Um, but, obviously, Trey Lance pick it isn't, you know, a bad pick because like we – or like uh, you said, Mo, 
we haven't really seen tight ends get drafted as high mm-hmm. as we possibly might see Kyle Pitts get drafted. So I don't really have you know too much too much to argue about with that pick because like I say, it don't matter who you who you depict. Whoever's an Eagles fan is gonna be upset when they hear it. That's yeah. true. Rob, what how are you feeling about Trey Lance or Philly? Bias the side. Bias the side, I, I I don't like it. I don't like mm-hmm. it at all because I I'm not sold on Trey Lance. I don't think he's a top ten. I don't think he's a top fifteen. I don't think he's a top twenty quarterback. Oh my but I think he's a project quarterback. Um but quarterback is quarterback and they they're overvalued like like crazy. So I understand why. Um, I would prefer him over somebody like Zach Wilson again, strictly for the character issues. I'm mm-hmm. forever scarred by character issues. I in my top ten, I did have Kyle Pitts going here to Philly because they're most likely gonna move on from Zach Ertz. And mm-hmm. and it seems that more and more, especially for young quarterbacks, their their biggest safety blanket is is the tight end. Somebody right. big who can, you know, overpower the linebackers who are or faster than linebackers who can, you know, outbody safeties um to get those third and threes, fourth and short situations. Um, I'm not this I'm not that big on Kyle Pitts at six, but just looking at what teams needs and and kind of just b- trying to think like a GM where I would go, I had Kyle Pitts here, but I mean uh, if you're not completely sold on your quarterback, hey, take take who you want. There were there were talks last year of Washington taking um, Tua at two, and everybody kept saying, "Look, if you're not sold on the guy, move on, mm-hmm. bring competition. Make your you're going to be sold on somebody eventually." Yep. Um, but yes, Trey Lance is high risk. That risk is ultimately your job, though. Are you really, really, are you really willing to risk your job? For another North Dakota product, Marcia threw it out there though. Like his yeah. job is on the line with this it's, pick, so yep. he's already so will, feeling the heat. You know, yep, I will give I will give a hundred percent credit that if this comes That's out a good later point. on a That's year a next, point. you know, coming next year, if if Roseman loses his job based on that pick, you heard it here on Off the Ball it's Network a Hail Mary. first. <laughs> My guy Marcia said that Howie Roseman's job is on this pick. So mm-hmm. so I 100% respect it. So to move on, round one, pick seven, is by me, the Detroit Lions are on the clock. Um, Actually, you know, Barcini made this fairly easy. I thought he might be off the, the, I thought he might be off the books by now. For the simple fact, we've picked three quarterbacks up to this point. So for the Detroit Lions, I'm going Zach Wilson. <laughs> um. The reason I'm going, and I know Rob won't agree with it, and this is a not team even we, in the slightest because golf this, sucks. But this is a team we're really talking about who has so many holes. It's ridiculous. Like we could go DB, we could go linebacker, we could go defensive lineman, we could go O line receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kenny Galladay is actually gonna be. Um, Kenny Galladay is actually going to be a free agent this year. Like we could go Marvin running Jones back, which they haven't gotten right up to this point. Uh, their running backs that they have picked up to this point are injury prone, but there is not a running back. Even when Najee Harris or Travis Etienne is not a guy I think that could be picked in the top 10. So I'm going to go Zach Wilson. Uh, the reason being, I think he's the third best quarterback in this draft. 
I think you got Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, and then I th- I go with Zach Wilson. As far as being the third best quarterback, Detroit Lions just traded Matthew Stafford, and I think the reason they traded Matthew Stafford and took Jared Goff in that bad contract, in a sense, and Stephen will fully agree with me on that. Jared Goff in that bad contract, I don't think Jared Goff is that guy. And the reason why I must say that is because if Jared Goff was that guy, he would not have been traded from the Los Angeles Rams. And the Los Angeles Rams would have had a chance to really, and I know he had the injury, but the Los Angeles Rams, to me, top to bottom, you look at their weapons, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, you look at their defense, they got two of the most dominant players at their position with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. That's a Super Bowl competitive team. That's a conference championship team. So they took on and they got those first-round picks for the simple fact to unload the Rams for Goff's contract because they knew Goff wasn't that guy. And I think they might rock and see what Jared Goff does this year, but pick his replacement for some quarterback competition coming into the year, let alone if Goff wins the job, which maybe they might go into the season saying it's not Goff's job to lose right now. And we're going to see his performance. And if he plays bad, we're going to just go ahead and give the reins to Zach Wilson. But I think they're going to go ahead and go Zach Wilson up to this point based on the picks that we have. I think they're going to go Zach Wilson and and ultimately pick their quarterback of the future, which at this point, Trey Lance is gone. Uh, Justin Fields is gone. Trevor Lawrence is obviously gone. I think they go Zach Wilson. So I'm going to wrap back around. Rob, what do, what do you think about the Zach Wilson pick? I know you don't think highly of it because you're not high on Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not high on it. I Character issues. With a rookie head coach. <laughs> you're coming in with a rookie head coach who, you know, says all the right things in, in his Does he, though? Yeah. He he did in his Detroit one. Not, did he? Not, the only the only we're, one. We're not talking about Philly's head coach. Now. That's the only one. That's the only new coach that had a worse like introduction to being a new head coach than Detroit's coach was Philly. So like, mm-hmm. did he have like? Did he say all the right things? It it was better than a, just a average you know politically correct we're gonna come in here it was a cruise island press conference it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know philly's head coach who i don't even remember his name said i think he literally said a smart team for our systems are gonna be so easy for us but nobody else but it's gonna be easy for us (laughs) the first thing about being smart is being smart yeah. <laughs> so you know what? I think Trey Lance is gonna do great in Philly. <laughs> um yeah, I I don't I think it's a recipe for disaster. Hopefully I do the only reason I do like to pick though a little bit is if he is able to sit behind Goff for two or three years, learn how to be a pro's pro and maybe get all that the you know, the um immaturity out of his system while not being the face of the franchise. You're not sitting behind. I'm just going to throw this out there. You're not sitting behind golf for two to three years. I give it a year max. And the reason why I say that, Rob, you're not wrong for saying that if he sits behind him two to three years, you're not wrong for saying that he could come in and be successful. My point is you're not sitting behind two to three years behind golf because to be honest, if you sit, if you go to the Lions and you sit two to three years behind golf, either golf impressed us, in his quarterback of the future, or you just suck. 
Like, it's no way of putting it. Like, if you didn't outbeat Goff or show some signs of, like, hey, I'm a better guy for your future than Jared Goff, either A, Jared Goff surprised us, left the Rams, went to a better situation for him as an individual, and basically became quarterback of the future, or Zach Wilson just flat out sucks, and he's not going to pass Jared Goff. And once Jared Goff becomes a free agent, they just rock with Zach Wilson because he's the cheaper option at the moment because he's still under his rookie contract. So that's my only thing with Zach Wilson is, like, I I give it a year max where either through the rest of the year or midway through the year he overtakes – um, Jared Goff, if he impresses in training camp and what and whatnot, or uh, Jared Goff basically disappoints up to that point, then I think it's Zach Wilson's job to get. But if it takes two to three years for Zach Wilson, like I said, either A, Jared Goff really impressed us and he's quarterback of the future and Zach Wilson has to find another spot like Josh Rosen did, or B, he just flat out sucks. He couldn't beat Jared Goff and in two to three years, the Detroit Lions are back at bottom of the barrel looking for QB1 again. So that's just my take on, on the Jared Goff being the QB1 of the Lions right now and going Zach Wilson. But, Rob, I'm pretty sure you agree with that one. Is like if it takes two to three years for Zach Wilson, then he proves you right as far as you not being high on Zach Wilson. So that's why I go with you were being nice trying to say two to three years and he takes over because you don't like him that much. And if he doesn't out be Jared Goff, he goes right to what you said he was. And that sucks. <laughs> like, just to be, you know, the basis. Jelani, any, any dispute on the pick? Um, you, uh, I mean, a little bit just because um, I feel like they're going to lose probably both Kenny Gotti and Marvin Jones. And that's going to be a terrible situation for mm-hmm. golf. Um, so I feel like with the, you know, I know they probably can get one in later rounds, um, a receiver, uh, just because it is just, it's a heavy loaded draft with receiver talent pretty much everywhere. I maybe would have went Jalen Waddles. A lot of people are high on him, of course. Uh, I know we missed some time with, you know, because mm-hmm. what broke his ankle or, you know, broke oh. his neck, something like that. But, you know, he's been compared to, like, Tyreek Hill of such, you know, with his you know, game-changing speed and his shiftiness or whatever. Um, so, I, I think – just because I think they're going to lose one, if not both of those guys, I maybe would have went receiver. But um, it's not a bad pick at all to go Zach Wilson, especially if he's, you know, rated as second, third best quarterback in the draft. And you kind of trade it to get golf just to get, you know, that extra pick um, next mm-hmm. year. So – um, obviously, they're not probably really sold on him as well. They're going to give him a chance because, you know, it, it's Jared Goff. He's been in the league a few years, and maybe a, a change of scenery will help. But, um, like I said, it's not a bad pick. I can I can see if he does come in, it it wouldn't be a two, three-year sit behind. It definitely would probably be, all right, Goff's probably effing up, you know, this current year. All right, let's just throw Zach Wilson in the fire, see what's going on. Um, or maybe, like I said, just one year. And they'll go with Zach Wilson. But like I said, overall, not a bad pick, but I think I would have went with one of the receiving talents, probably Jalen Waddle. Yep. Steven, go ahead. Go just go ham, bro. Just I'm not gonna go ham. Y'all already <laughs> said go. I mean I will say I think golf I don't I don't think that this is a, a reasonable pick. One, I don't think that it's um gonna happen that Zach Wilson falls here Mo. So I totally get mm-hmm. that. You went highest value here, more mm-hmm. probably more so than Pretty anything much. with a team yep. that has a lot of holes to fill. The only reason, even if Wilson is available at this spot, I don't think they go there because 
a, the the Detroit Lions front office were part of the regime that brought in Jared Goff, so they're sold on him. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. Goff is their guy, and they got more picks. Uh, Jelani, you kind of went similar route to where I was going to go. I do like the Waddle pick here. I also like Bateman. I think because Bateman yeah. opted out that mm-hmm. he's fallen back, and a lot of yeah. people just you know had it's a recency bias thing almost, yep, right? Exactly. Where yep. He didn't get taken there. He's a little bit bigger of a receiver. I, mm-hmm. you know, Rob, I'm kind of like you. I like bigger receivers, easier targets to throw to. I could even see Pitts here. Um, I could also see them going Micah Parsons, the, mm-hmm. you know, the probably the mm-hmm. best defensive player, if not certain, um, yeah. there as well. So I don't think that it's likely one that he falls here, even two that they would take him. But Mo, I see where you went. You went mm-hmm. highest value and pretty much you yep, can't. That, re- yeah. You could you, you could do a lot with that, right? Like you could trade out of the spot if you were to get there and get even more picks to yep. surround golf with. So yeah. I get the logic behind what you did, Mo. I just don't think that it would happen mm-hmm. um, realistically on a, on a couple different levels. Yeah. Yep. Marcia, before we move on to Cruise Island with the uh, eighth pick, what do you think? Uh, I gotta say, Stephen Jelani hit it on the nail. Me personally, I probably would have went Kyle Pitts because their head coach mm-hmm. Dan Campbell is a former tight end. Yep. Uh, there you go. There's a lot of people saying that Kyle Pitts is probably actually the number two prospect in the entire draft. Believe it or not, I love Pitts. Yeah, he's he's up there. They're saying he's a generational a talent. He looks like Tony Gonzalez out there. They're yeah. saying. So mm-hmm. you know, if you, he could play wide receiver, they're saying so. Like you're losing Kenny Galladay, like Gianna said, you're losing uh, Jones, and the front office they love golf, so yeah, give them as many yeah. weapons as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with all y'all's take. You know, like like Steven said, I just went with highest value here. Yeah, uh, and you can do a lot because, with that. Yeah, and there's so much you could do. You know, we're we're in a position where we're at top ten picks, we're at bottom feeders mm-hmm. for the most part of the NFL, and like there's so many holes for these guys to feel to ultimately become a playoff team and they're mm-hmm. a year or two, you know, outside of like the Miami Dolphins who got lucky enough to make a big trade, be 10 and six and have the number three pick from the team. They traded their office alignment to uh, with Laramie Tunzel. Yeah. You know, most of these guys are years away from winning. So with the eighth pick round one, pick eight, we go back to my guy, Cruz Island, hot take Cruz. Bang, bang. The Carolina Panthers. Who do you got with the eighth pick? You made this tough on me, Mo. You made this really <laughs> tough on me. I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go one way, uh, which mm-hmm. was gonna make my life a little bit easier. See, I thought this you were was gonna where go I, Zach Wilson. At no, eight, <laughs> <laughs> I won't even go Zach Wilson with mystery relevant right now. Um, <laughs> but I thought this was where I was gonna have to go. Bust out my cruise island hot take and go uh quitty pay from okay. Michigan. But I know he's not valued that high, but it is a, a need of Carolina is that edge rusher, especially having you know the quarterbacks you have in that division right now. But I don't want to because I'm not big on this guy. But thinking how GMs think and it's an offensive league, I gotta go Kyle Pitts. Mm. Out of Florida. You know what's crazy? I'm glad you put it there. It's not a Cruise Island take, but Off the Ball Network probably going to have the first mock draft with Kyle Pitts Mm -hmm. at number eight to the Carolina Panthers. And I'm not happy about it. And this is only because I can't make Washington trade up to number seven Mm. or number eight. 
Can I just say that I hate the I fact that it. like we can't draft him here because that's just not what happens in NFL drafts. Like this dude is like freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Like I he I don't is. like it, that. But I just I love the fact that like it's it's not that Cruz is a hundred percent right in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like I don't disagree. I just people would look at his pick and be like, "Man, you took a tight end so early." Who but like when you cares? look at his ty- his talent, and mm-hmm. you look at you know um, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, mm-hmm. like Mark Andrews. You look at the value of a tight end, bro. These are guys who are arguably number number one receivers on their team. Like I bet you they would go in the top ten in the redraft. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like you know, so so it's not a hot take. It's not a a cruise island take in a sense. Like like if he wants to own it as cruise island, cool. Because this might be the take that makes that puts him on the map. As his hot takes are the greatest hot takes of all time. I'm on Cruise Island too. Yeah, then, I, I'm Kyle on, Pitts I'm on at this point down. going Kyle three. Pitts with, with yeah. Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey at running back. You know, and and there's so many um uh there's so many rumors around they're ready to go all in on Deshaun Watson, but mm-hmm. up to the point that we're not doing trades and we're just going guys as is teams constructed as is up to this point. I love the Kyle Pitts pick, but but go ahead, Rob. Go ahead and elaborate on the pick. This wasn't this wasn't my Cruise Island hot take. My three <laughs> there's my my three players I had for possible picks depending on how this draft played out. Kyle Pitts, uh, Michael Parsons, who mm-hmm. I really wanted to take here, um, and then Shout I Luke thought, Beachley. yeah, I thought that I was gonna have to reach for uh, Quiddy Pay. That's mm-hmm. that's what I thought I was gonna have to do to get a team because when you're drafting this high it it should it should be team needs you know you're not drafting in mid rounds where you can take best available player you got to take you know you got to address certain needs i really expected parsons and and pitts to both be gone by now uh so i thought i was gonna have to reach with all three still available i really wanted to go parsons here but i just feel that um just in the league that we're that we're in you know, you got to go get that, especially with how prominent tight ends are in are now. You can't, you can't miss. And the vision that you're in, on top of that, like you're yep. you're right along with, you know, based it off our mock draft with who the Falcons went with, uh, who the Bucks have as weapons, and who the Saints have as weapons. You know, Jared Cook, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, like they they have so many weapons too that Hill. not only is it the the league that we're in but the division that you're in with teddy bridgewater at quarterback you at least have another year to figure it out or there's a couple quarterbacks who who may be available later on you know in the draft that you can draft build in kind of in two years after teddy bridgewater contract is up because he signed a three-year 66 million dollar deal you can build up and then even still at worst comes to worst you're rebuilding that's your rookie either on a rookie contract in the third or fourth round. So that's a great pick. You know, when you look at their offense, they got DJ Moore. They have Curtis Sam. That would be a funky fun offense, man. Mm-hmm. I would it would. Like if that. you really think about it, they got Bridgewater at quarterback. They got DJ mm-hmm. Moore. They got Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. They have Christian McCaffrey, who we expect to come back healthy. They have Mike Davis as a backup running back, who he did his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, once he came in for Christian McCaffrey, but you know, forgetting my Barcia, man Robbie Anderson. It, yes, Robbie yes, Anderson Robbie on top Andy of that. Anderson, so, yes, sir. You know, you know, Barcia throwing that in there. What do you feel about uh, Rob's pick with um, Kyle Pitts? 
Uh, I mean, I'm with him right there. It was either Parsons or Pitts. Uh, me personally, I would have gone Parsons because mm-hmm. uh, just that guy's the quarterback of your whole defense right there. They had the luck of having Luke Keekley, you know? Oh, man. And that guy could be I the next him. Luke Keekley. He's being compared to Luke Keekley. So you they spent their entire draft last year all on defense, and none of the players really stood out as that leader in the defense. Yeah. Maybe in another year or two, someone's going to pop up, but Mika Parsons seems like that guy. You can insert him, and he's just going to go ahead and take command of that defense for you. Yep. Jelani, how you feel about the pick? I know Rob don't like it, but I love it, honestly. Um, <laughs> not to backtrack, but when we were talking about the Falcons with uh, Devontae Smith, I actually have seen a few articles. They have been you know, kind of penciling in Kyle Pitts, whether we trade back or whatever the case may be, Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. Um, and maybe it's just me being a Florida fan. I got that bias in me. But I really like Kyle Pitts. Um, and like we've been saying, I feel like he might be a generational guy. Um, so with him there, whether they get Deshaun Watson or not, uh, Terry Bridgewater is serviceable. Like we already said, the name CMC, Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis might be gone. Um, but Kyle Pitts right there, tight end. Like who's their tight end? Ian Thomas. Like I feel like it, they, they throw him in there. Um, that offense is one to that you can't play around with, especially in the NFC South with a bunch of weapons. So I know Cruz isn't. The, Biggest fan of it, but I, I personally like it a lot, especially given what's on our board right now in our draft. Yeah. Yeah. And Steven, any final thoughts? You just we need to stop with the whole you can't draft tight ends this high. I mean, if the dude's <laughs> this good, then freaking take him. You know, like yep. that's all I gotta say. Mm. All right. Well, you know, to move on, Jelani, you're on the clock. Round one, pick nine. Denver Broncos, put your Denver Broncos GM hat on. Take into account everybody who's been picked. Up to this point, we know what have some questions have been for the Denver Broncos, but Jelani, you're on the clock for the Denver Broncos. Round one, pick nine. Who are the Denver Broncos going with? Uh, yeah, this one. I mean, it's not super tough. I feel like I got to go defense regardless. Um, mm-hmm. their biggest need is cornerback. Um, and right now we we have the two highest rated cornerbacks right now, but we also have a defensive guy. Um, and Michael Parsons still there. Uh. It's really tough for me. I'm still battling as I'm saying the, the name, but I just again it's the same thing with the Justin Fields pick. I just got a gut feeling. Um, I gotta go Patrick Sertan. Um, <gasps> I got to. Man. I'm sorry, you ruined me. Wow, I have to. I can't blame um, you, but you ruined me. I'm sorry. Way. No, I was like, and I'm just to end off the show. Is I had to go that way. I'm more high on him than Caleb Farley. I know he sat out the year. They're oh they're yeah, absolutely around the same. Um, I know Farley's more so of a press cover type corner, which is what they may need in that division. Um, but Patrick Sertan is just a dog, and I'm not going to be – I just can't pass it up. But uh, the only reason I'm not going Parsons is because they're decently set at linebacker, Bradley Chubb, obviously, um, Alexander Johnson. Like, they got guys. They got serviceable guys. Parsons probably, you know, could put it over the top, um, and maybe they'd be able to move Chubb around a little bit more. But Patrick Sertan, I'm, like I said, just speaking to me. Got to go that way. And they need a corner. Like their yeah. two corners right now is a rookie from last year in third round. He didn't do much. And then um a guy for Callahan, he's mainly played most of his years in in uh in Chicago. And I think he was more so of like a slot guy anyway. So and he's really under he's undersized to me. I think like five nine, like one eighty, one eighty five, mm-hmm. something like that. So Patrick Sertan gotta go with it. Uh ninth pick for uh Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna just start off. 
Jelani, I hate you. That's why I'm going with this. Um, and, and the reason why my bias is kicking in in this mock draft, my Dallas Cowboys were picking at number 10. Mm-hmm. I, I was wasn't one. picking for my yeah. Cowboys. I was I was going to do it for you, Mo. I yeah, I wasn't you. picking yep. for my Cowboys, right, but I'm, I'm putting my Cowboys hat on, and we've seen Patrick Sertan there, mm-hmm. and we're looking like, okay, it's all lovely. The Broncos are going to go with their replacement for Von Miller. Mm-hmm. They're going to go Micah Parsons, and we good. We get our cornerback. We get mm-hmm. back-to-back corners from Alabama, mm-hmm. and you kind of ruin that. But I can't say that that's not a bad pick. That's a great mm-hmm. pick. Like, you know, like we've constantly said, there's a lot of holes to fill with the Broncos mm-hmm. and all the other picks up to this point. So I don't disagree with you, and it comes down to when you decide what team decides to pick the first corner. I think it comes down to who do I value most out of Patrick Sertan and Caleb Farley. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Caleb Farley sat out a year and, and you know, there's a lot of other factors in that, but whoever you value as the best corner, when you're the team to pick the best corner available and there hasn't been a cornerback pick, mm-hmm. I, I fully respect that you say, you know, what, I'm the Broncos. We're going to go corner and we're going to go the best corner available and who we see in our eyes. Ego Patrick Sertan. So there's no dispute there, but Cowboys had on. I can't stand you for that pick, and I want to fight. If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm requesting a celebrity boxing match (laughs) with the Denver Broncos GM. (laughs) But uh, to to take it in a serious note, um, Rob, what do you feel about that pick? I love it. I really that's that's who I had Denver taking in my in my mock draft. Um, I think easily easily the best corner in the draft. Mm-hmm. And the receivers you got to deal with in that division, Henry Ruggs, um, you got Tyreek Hill, everybody that the Chiefs, every single receiver <laughs> on the Chiefs have. So I mean, yeah, it, it's a great pick. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barcia, what do you, how do you feel about the pick? Uh, I can't really argue. It's a good pick, but me personally, I would have gone Parsons if he was still there mm-hmm. again because he's just the best defensive player in this uh, draft to mm-hmm. me. And you got um. Like July said, it gives you more versatility and uh, movement along your front seven, but also you uh, have the possibility of losing Von Miller this year. Mm-hmm. So that could be a big hit. You know, finding uh, someone to step up for him definitely yeah. be a nice addition to your team. Yep, 100%. Steven, you're going to close out with the last pick, but what are your closing thoughts on pick number nine, Patrick Sertan going to the Denver Broncos? I was I had a feeling he was gonna go either here or the the, the pick before for the Panthers, um, and I was feeling real good, Mo. I was gonna hook you up with Patrick Sertan. I was gonna do you right, man. But I mean, this just feels like Champ Bailey again, right? Like the yeah. great cornerback who played at Denver. Mm-hmm. If 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 he's gonna go anywhere other than where I was gonna take him with Dallas, I'm glad that it's Denver. It just it mm-hmm. feels like you know the reincarnation of, of Champ Bailey. He's I think he's going to be that great of a cornerback in the NFL. And uh, um, John, you you didn't do wrong at all by this. You know, me and Mo were just like we had other plans. Is all yeah. we're saying. So I felt like being a little bit of a spoiler. I knew it was yeah, coming. I knew you guys alert. knew. <laughs> spoiler alert! In the top ten picks, there's a lot of guys we all disagree with, but. Jelani, you ruined my draft. Uh, I don't want to watch the <laughs> NFL draft 2021 anymore because of your pick. No, nah, I'm just joking. Amen. But um, to move on, round one, pick 10. So I'm going to give the mean introduction, probably the best introduction for the pick in the first round. Mock, mock draft of the o- Off the Ball Network, OTBN. The number 10 pick, my beloved Dallas Cowboys. 
by my guy Steven from Breaking the Game Podcast. <laughs> he gets the inaugural pick to be able to pick for my Dallas Cowboys. Jelani ruined it just to throw it out there. So now I'm going to respect and see where my guy Steven is going to go with my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Steven, on the clock, round one, pick 10. Dallas Cowboys on the clock. Jerry Jones cap on. Who are you going with? Well, first off, I just want to say, me being from Arkansas, I do have ties to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Darren McFadden played there. They drafted Felix Jones. A lot of Arkansas ties in with the Dallas Cowboys. That being said, you can see the cap. I am a Rams fan. I just couldn't. I, I love myself a little too much to put myself through that when I was coming up watching The Greatest Show on Turf. But anyway, Mo, I'm going to do you right right here. All right, so mm-hmm. – I was I was thinking of a couple guys. They're all off the board. I was thinking that Fields might slip here in this draft. Mm-hmm. I, I had a feeling that he would. I was going to take Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, with Sertain lingering around there, I was like, oh, okay, Fields is gone. Easy day. This makes sense. That being said, I think the offense is set. I was thinking about going Rayshon Slater from Northwestern just to beef up that offensive line. Who had We've seen injuries there. But obviously the problems are on the defensive end. I'm not a big guy on Farley. I don't think that you just take him just because he's a need here. I think that the best guy available defensively, you know, James, you've been saying this. I agree with you. I think that it is Micah Parsons. And, and I love Mike, it. So, I, I love that too. I love that too. Well, well, good because I was worried that you were going to be like, well, we got Smith, we got Vander mm-hmm. Esch, all these dudes. When the defense is playing that bad, you don't have safe players. You know what I mean? So like, it. In the NFC East, there's not really a lot of pass. It's more you, you. It's old school football. It feels like to me when I watch. You know, you got to be able to stop the run. You got to get to the quarterback. I like the versatility that Parson brings. Uh, he mm-hmm. played inside, outside. I think he's more of that in, inside linebacker that you, you guys really need because Vander Etch and Smith they feel like they're those outside linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. So he feels more natural that he can quarterback this defense. He can be. The, um, the Dak Prescott to this defense. Uh, obviously, that secondary will need to be addressed either in the free agency or further along in this draft. There's still going to be some guys available that you could do that with. I don't think that it would be – I wouldn't be too upset if I was a Cowboys fan, albeit that I'm not, if I get Micah Parsons here at 10. Mm-hmm. If you can't get certain, just go ahead and get the best linebacker available. I know it's a little bit redundant with what you got, but you can't be happy with – how that defense performed last season, regardless whose name is on the back of the jersey. Yeah, 100%. And, I, you know, I'm going to put my Dallas Cowboys fandom hat on. Um, all biased, not aside. Uh, you know, I love the pick um, for the simple fact, if I'm Jerry Jones and, and the Jones family, who we know they're going to sit in their uh, war room and basically look at the fact our number one need to me on our defensive side is corner. But like Steven said, Steven hit it on the head. Patrick Sertan is gone. To me, that's the clear-cut best corner. You know, Rob said it also. Like, he's the clear-cut best corner in the draft. Not even close. And and it's not close. So to stretch and address my best need at corner by going Caleb Farley would would not be a reach, but it would be like, okay, we're picking Caleb Mm -hmm. Farley and left Michael Parsons out of the top ten. You know, Barcia has said it time and time again that he's, you know, arguably the best defensive player. I'm with him this draft. That way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's not wrong. You know, for what he's especially for the way you guys have hit it on the chin that Michael Parsons is the quarterback of the defense of this draft. 
Like, he's just as important to somebody's defense as any quarterback that we decide to take out of Lawrence and Fields and Wilson and Lance. And, you know, eventually Mac Jones is going to be taken in this off-the-ball network uh, <laughs> draft. But at the end of the day, like, Michael Parsons would not be a bad pick. Like you said, we have Jalen Smith. We have uh, we ha- we have uh, Van Der Esch. But, you know, those guys – and then we also have Sean Lee, but those guys yep. have also been injury-prone. Those Sean guys Lee. have missed Sean out. Sean Lee's done. He's, yeah, you know, done. His injuries. He's, he's a coach. He, he comes in and he plays a couple games and he's done for the season with his injuries. Another but Penn just, State dude, by the way. Yep, mm-hmm. 100%. You know, uh, I'm not going to say shout out to Penn State because I'm a Buckeye. So <laughs> shout out to Penn State. But, <laughs> you know, go, yeah, y'all go ahead and yeah, I'll leave that to y'all. But, you know, just to put my, my Cowboys hat on, I would not be upset with Michael Parsons. You know, I've been looking here at our 10th pick personally and hoping that either we get Patrick Sertan or Michael Parsons. That's my ideal go-to. Uh, the draft could go a certain way outside of what we think that could land, where it makes it an even tougher decision. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that by the time the Cowboys pick at number 10, maybe Michael Parsons is gone not to make it tough, and we could go ahead and land Patrick Sertan. But there's a way where, you know, you see Justin Fields dropping, and Steven said it. Like, you thought Justin Fields might be available here, and you see his value dropping, but honestly, you know, you're messing with the wrong network to think that a value and a talent like Justin Fields is going to drop to 10th mm-hmm. and watch one, two, three other guys at quarterback go before him with four to five teams with a quarterback need that wouldn't pass up on the talent like Justin Fields. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for a, a talent evaluation to say Justin Fields is outside the top 10, and it's going to go in the second round here. or late first round. <laughs> it's not going to be here off the ball network. So I definitely agree with the pick. I love the pick with Patrick Sertan being gone. You got to go best available, let alone looking at your knee. The front seven is a big idea. And, you know, I know Rob is going to love this, but I got to look at success. I got to look at Washington. They're, yeah, they're you do. front seven, you know, but they're front seven. They're they're Chase Young and they're Montez Sweat. They're front four, let alone just their front four combined with their linebackers. Yeah, their mm-hmm. linebackers aren't the greatest, but that linebacker core combined mm-hmm. with that defensive line has it was pure success in a bad division. That that it takes seven games to win a division. The Cowboys could have did that with a Michael Parsons this year. So I definitely got to evaluate that. Barcia, what do you think about, you know, Michael Parsons? I know you've been high on him this whole time. What do you think about him falling to the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, you guys are going to look at me crazy, I swear. But I'm so glad you mentioned the Washington front seven because I actually would have went a little different. As much as I love Parsons, I actually would have done a little bit of reach and probably gone for uh, Rashawn Slater. Because that man is... Uh, I considered him. I, that's why I brought him up. I brought him yeah, up for that offensive because line. Uh, you can't really trust that Cowboys line anymore. They've uh, been injured Injury. a lot lately. Mm-hmm. They uh, had retirement retired. of um, – Frederick was it retired? Frederick. Yeah, yep. Frederick, yeah, Frederick, thank you. They had Frederick retire. And at the end of the day, you're looking at my New York Giants line, who is looking great. We're young. Mm-hmm. We're looking like a top-10 defense. You're looking at the Washington front seven, who's looking like a top-5 defense. And honestly – the Top second, if not two. the first, yeah, second or first, best front seven, easy. And other than that, you need to protect whoever's going to be your quarterback. We already saw what happened to Dak. Dak got down, and we saw what happens to Zeke when he doesn't really have quarterback help or offensive line help. Zeke looked like a pretty average running back this year and mm-hmm. suffered the most fumbles he's had, I'm pretty sure, in his entire career. 
professional and yeah. college put together. So yeah. it's Slater's a little bit of a reason. Yeah, he, he's got questions. I, I wanted like the reason I picked part. I did consider that I was thinking about that a lot. I just think that Parsons is more of a sure thing at his position. And the Cowboys, as much as they need offensive line help, I think that that defense has a lot of holes, too. The defense does have a lot of holes. You're yeah. right. But as much as I love Parsons, I don't think mm-hmm. he will be enough to show a big difference in that defense. And the biggest thing about Slater to me is he actually has some game tape against Chase Young. And he's actually looked mm-hmm. very impressive in that game tape. Yep, 100%. Rob, how do you feel about your division rival, the Dallas Cowboys, going with Michael Parsons at number 10? Absolutely hate it. <laughs> I do not, not want to have to go up against Michael Parsons twice a year. I really don't. I love him as a player. Um, I think he's a tremendous player. I think he is a top five player in this draft. Mm-hmm. It's the way draft drafts work and teams' needs and what positions are valued more than, especially linebacker. That's why he falls. Same thing with uh, who was it last year? Isaiah Simmons. I believe Isaiah Simmons was a a top five player. I kind of advocated to maybe think about taking him at two, if not mm-hmm. trading down and taking him. But um, I don't want to see Parsons twice a year. I just don't. <laughs> Respect, Jelani. Mm-hmm. How you feel about uh? How you feel about Stevens' pick going Michael Parsons number ten to the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, uh, it's, I I agree with it as well. Just because you know I played spoiler, um, and just like Steven said, I'm not that high on Farley, um, in general, and I'm not big on just taking the guy because it's a need. Um, you drive at this point, you know, best available player, and you guys do need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so, you know, and you guys as linebacker core, um, has been pretty injured and banged up, so. What mm-hmm. better pick to go with than Michael Parsons uh, to to head that group? Um, yeah, uh, like you guys, you know, have been saying um, the guy at Northwestern uh, Slater. Slater. Yeah, Slater. He, uh, and you say that that's key. I didn't really, I didn't even think about it till James just said it. You know, he does have some game tape on um, Chase Young, and he did look pretty impressive in it. Um, yeah. But I guess for me in this specific situation, I just, I guess, I won't just go by that one game. Um, to, to I guess slot slot them into you guys' own line. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys will address that at some point, obviously in the off season or mm-hmm. um, later on in the draft. Uh, but I I can see why you guys. Well, Stephen went Michael Parsons, and I you know agree with it being that I took Patrick Sertan from you guys. And, and James again, like I can't <laughs> like I did consider Slater here. Mm-hmm. I even told Mo that actually before the show. Like I was telling him like I may go offensive line here. But I was not expecting Parsons to be available. I think he's just he's a game changer. To me. I mean, yeah, you, you don't you don't go wrong with Parsons either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Stephen Stephen definitely said that. Um, so before I, I exit out, you know, we did our mock draft picks one through ten. I'm gonna get everybody's takes, Marcia. I'm gonna start with you. What picks one through ten? Was there a surprise pick, like a hot takeish pick? that any of us picked and, you know, call anybody out individually or whatever. But was there a guy that you were surprised was taken or is still on the board that will be taken later? Uh, pick number six. I'd say that was a pretty wild pick. I got <laughs> I love you hard. with there. I love you with James first. <laughs> okay, kill now. yourself. All right. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, you know, it just – I was it's sitting the there and it just made the sense to me. Pitts, I felt like couldn't make a big difference in the offense. And, like I said, more than anything – it was a fact that Howie has one last shot. 
Mm-hmm. I thought you were going Parsons here. I really did. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going Parsons to the Eagles. He was yeah. my third option, but I was just – I had to do it. Like, I just, State, uh, Philadelphia. I wasn't considering defense. Trey Lance this morning, and then I just <laughs> – I kept sitting and looking, and I, I'm reading about how much they hate Jalen Hurts and how they're just – they wanted Carson Wentz. And it makes no sense in Philly. So I figured yeah. the pick that made sense was to make no sense. Yep. And, and I agree with you in a <laughs> – in a demented way, it is so Philly. For <laughs> yeah, like I, I get where you, I get where you're coming from, Rob. Were there any picks that surprised you, or any guys that are still left on the board that is surprising to you that they're still left on the board? Not really. I mean, we we pretty much. I mean, with the exception of maybe some people getting switched around in our top 10 nothing really stands out to me i mean we mm-hmm. can all make the case of who should go where outside of maybe number one mm-hmm. but yeah n- nothing really stands out i think we all pretty much stuck to what we believe was the best thing for that team in that situation i think we're all ready to be gms um <laughs> GMs GMs, we're, we're waiting on the call yeah oh, i mean man. i i agree with you on that uh before i swing it to jelani i just look at you know, writing down who who we picked in the top ten, and and like you said, Rob, you hit it on the head. We might can agree or disagree on who went where, but like who was drafted in the top ten, I don't think there's really gonna be a dispute that any guy that we picked in the top ten doesn't belong in the top ten. So you hit it right. right. We can might be switch around picks, maybe talk trades later. But as far as who went in the top ten, there's not a guy who hasn't been drafted yet, that is a surprise to me that he hasn't been drafted yet. Jelani, how do you feel about it? Yeah, same thing. Um, I'm in agreement with you guys. I feel like maybe um, you know, switching around players here or there, but it still all fits within the team's needs. I think everybody that we pick 1 through 10 more than likely will go 1 through 10. Maybe one person doesn't, um, maybe like the Zach Wilson possibly, but more than likely I still think he goes in top 10 as well. I think the only thing, not to surprise me, um, I feel like just hearing the picks later on that my Justin Fields pick kind of threw a wrench in people's plans because, you know, you hear even Steven saying that he possibly might have took him at 10 just because we could kind of see Justin Fields fall depending on what's going on. So I feel like my pick threw a, a wrench in some people's plans, but overall it still worked out for everybody across the board. Yeah, I mean, I will, to speak on that, it, it didn't, it threw a wrench for me with picking for your Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. but to be yep. honest, that's because I was going to pick Justin Fields. Yeah. So, like, even though Steven would have looked at, you know, like that, like all respect to Steven, he would have thought like maybe Justin Fields was going to fall to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fields falls out of the top five. I'm big on him. Um, I know Steven's big on him as far as being QB2. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's looking at a QB, we know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. I feel like that's the undisputed like we could talk about we could have skipped that where. and have me started yeah too. we, we, we could have skipped number one <laughs> and just like came on the show and said you know what uh justin phil i mean trevor lawrence is going number one let's start with the number two pick <laughs> right. and we could have just eliminated the number one pick altogether because I, i'm pretty sure all of us any one of us in the situation with number one just would have went with the safe pick mm-hmm. and went with trevor lawrence but you know with you going justin fields it didn't change uh much yeah. In in a sense, because he wasn't going to fall past four to me. Atlanta Falcons, bring him back home to Georgia. Uh, bring him up behind Matt Ryan. They have the weapons. Yeah, they got a lot of needs. But, you know, Matt Ryan is 35 years old. That was my evaluation 
on the draft is where I look like like but that's why I went Devontae Smith and why not just continue to add Bama weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh you got Julio, you got Calvin Ridley, why not you know, go ahead and add Devontae Smith mm-hmm. to the roster and just continue with the Alabama weapons. So that was kind of my, my take on Atlanta. And I, I think that'll be good for looking at, at their um division mm-hmm. as far as the Bucks and the weapons that's surrounding them, the Saints and the weapons that surround it, whoever their quarterback may be. But they don't have a high enough pick for me to take a quarterback, obviously. And I don't see them giving up enough draft, draft capital to take a quarterback with their – uh, current salary cap situation mm-hmm. and players that they have to pay and extend. So, you know, I just look at all around and I look at Carolina's going to pick in the same division at number eight. They can add a quarterback or they can add weapons around Teddy Bridgewater, give him one more year. There's going to be some quality quarterbacks coming into the draft next year. Uh, granted, I don't think we don't have, we don't have a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields coming into next year's NFL Sam draft. Howell, but to say, one. We Sam have Howell's, a whole Howell's gonna be yeah, yeah. And, and Sam Howell is the guy right now going into next college football season, but we have a whole nother college football season to get a Joe Burrow, uh, a Mac Jones, a guy who just wows you in one season enough to be considered a top 10 pick, a top five pick. So, you know, Sam Howell is the guy that we think he's the Trevor Lawrence of next year where he's going to be the number one pick or he's going to be the number one pick as far as the quarterback goes, whatever mm-hmm. team needs a quarterback, based on how some of these top ten teams do who who might need a quarterback next year, Atlanta Falcons and whatnot. But, yeah. Steven, any thoughts on, like, did anybody surprise you or is there anybody in the top ten that you suspected not to go top ten? Nah, no one that I expected not to go top 10. I think Sewell going to five was probably my biggest surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting, you know, you brought up the quarterback situation, and here is what I thought. I thought that the Jets were going to take Sewell. I don't think that uh, in my head, I didn't think another team until maybe the lot, or excuse me, that maybe even the Panthers would take a quarterback. So I thought there was going to be a, a big gap based on like the studying that I've been doing and everything. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Fields would not have made it past 10 if he did fall to me. I'm letting you know, like mm-hmm. he's, he would have at least in this draft been 10th. So I, and I think that with the whole thing with Dak Prescott and the money and they hate him, they love him, they hate him, they love him, you know, it's probably just time to move on, in my opinion, if Fields is here. But I mean, he's at worst a top 10 player in this, in, in our network. Yeah. And I agree with that. It was the simple fact, you know, they hate him, they love him. Uh, the hate him will be they franchise tag him because they don't want to pay him the money. And then mm-hmm. ultimately you draft his replacement. Mm-hmm. Either give him the opportunity to play on his franchise tag and go somewhere else. Or you franchise tag him, trade him. Uh, there, there's so many possibilities. And, you know, that's for another show. Leading up to the draft, we have so much. But, I'm, you know, we're going to close the show out here. Steven, I'm going to start with you. Go ahead and plug your social media, your podcast, and and any future endeavors that you have that you're willing to let us in on? Yeah, well, um, again, Mo, just thanks for having me. For those who don't mm-hmm. know, I'm just a basketball guy. So the fact that I <laughs> y'all let me come on here and try to you know spread my wings a little bit, I appreciate that. Um, first off, just want to say shout out to the Off the Ball Network. I mean, it, we got a lot of great talent here on this show. But what you're seeing here... Like we have so much, not saying that they're better than us. You got the best of the best tonight, but I'm just saying that like okay. the other people who aren't here are just as good as we are. Right. So 
off the ball network we're doing a lot of great big things there shout out to chris shout out to jeff who couldn't be on tonight uh couch did a did a show tonight shout out to couch coach live um go to offtheballnetwork.com where you can get all of your sports needs but um as for me you can follow me on twitter at steven btg it's right here on my cool little nameplate um that btg stands for breaking the game which is the name of the basketball show that i co-host with my buddy austin carr um, you know, we record every Thursday and Sunday live on Twitter or Facebook. If you go to Facebook and look up Breaking the Game, you can find us there. You can find us on YouTube too, or you can you know download the Dash Radio app. Look up the Nothing N O T H I N but Net channel on Dash Radio, and we're on there every Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and you know it's about an hour of just really good basketball content. And if you can. Follow us anywhere you get your podcast, Breaking the Game, wherever you get your podcast. You know, follow, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Five stars makes all the difference in the world in the podcast community. So you can hook us up. I appreciate it. And we'll keep plugging along, giving you guys good basketball content. And again, Mo, just shout out to you, man. Appreciate you having me. Yep, 100%. And y'all heard it there. Breaking the Game podcast. Go check out your great NBA content. We bring the NBA guru on to go ahead and talk to us. A little bit about football. You know, he tries to short sell himself like all he could talk about is basketball. And that's why I insisted on bringing a guy like Steven on here to show that he's multi-talented, just like everybody else on Off the Ball Network. Jelani, go ahead and plug in everything that you have from your social media to your podcast. Yeah, first I appreciate uh, you, you know, let me fill in for Stu. Stu, I hope mm-hmm. I made you proud. I probably didn't with the second pick, but hopefully that ninth pick <laughs> makes up for it. <laughs> so uh, appreciate you, Stu, for letting me uh, sub in for you tonight and also Mo as well. This is really fun. I can't wait for 11 through 20 when, uh, when we hit that next week. So, um, But as Steven said, he pretty much took it away. Uh, love working with you guys as always. Uh, love this family. Love what we're building and can't wait to see what the future holds for us. Um, as for me, I have some should have some interviews in the work in the next few weeks. I'm getting back into that, me and my co-host. Um, we just finished up doing a little NFL wrap-up. That's the last podcast that we did. But um, other than that, uh, you can find me right there, WTGMTM Podcast on uh, Twitter. Instagram and Facebook is what the game means to me as well. Um, YouTube, the same thing. And, um, yeah, appreciate you guys for having me on and can't wait to keep rolling with this, uh, this mock draft. Yes, sir. Yep, 100%. And, you know, another guy that I'm, I'm going to troll him a little bit. He's everything Georgia except the Florida Gators. Yes. But if you want your, you know, your, your Atlanta Hawks, your Atlanta Falcons, and your Florida Gators content, <laughs> then definitely holler at my guy Jelani, what the game means to me. You know, definitely great content. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I, I've linked with him on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. It's always love from Steven to Jelani and Barcia. You know, I appreciate you for coming on. It's your first time on the Upper Flames podcast. You know, this is an off-the-ball network thing hosted by me. So, you know, give out your your social media, your your podcast, and things that we can look forward to. Anything that you want to let us in on? Uh, well, my social media is pretty simple right now. It's just follow me on Twitter right there. Yeah, Bars Talks. Uh, no podcast right now, but we got some uh, G9 classified things in the works right now. <laughs> It'll be out very shortly. I'm hoping um, something around after the NBA All-Star break. That's Keep your eyes up. open for that. But yeah, big, I just want to thank you, man, for having me here. Shout out to you guys. Loving the energy. And uh, just a quick shout out to uh, our newest sponsor, Fanatics. You know, we yeah. got big things happening here in the network, man. We got to keep it going. I'm loving the energy. Yeah. And last but not least, just make sure to uh, 
check out the newest NHL power rankings from uh, my oh, man, yeah. Jerk Coney. Make oh, sure yeah. to follow him as well. Hint, hint. Follow my man, Jerk at <laughs> J-U-R-G-K-40. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Hey, I appreciate all the plugs that you put in there, Barcia. And, you know, Jerk. Hey, James, you did good tonight, man. Great. Yeah, great. 100%, bro. <laughs> Look, I, I appreciate you being on here. Uh, you're big time, you know, so don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. If anybody going to tell you, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Boy, you're big time. I loved you being on Up in Flames. So, you know, if you haven't heard it yet or if you haven't understood it, but you're more than welcome to come on the show, whether we talk football, basketball. I know you're going to handle yours, do your research, mm-hmm. and, and, and definitely bring great content. So, you know, you're more than welcome. But this was, you know, hosted by me, but it was an off-the-ball network thing. So mm-hmm. last but not least, you know, like Steven said in the beginning of the show, we saved the best for last. My <laughs> man, Cruise Island. Bang, bang. Rob from the Football and Chill podcast. I constantly got to give him big love because he got me into this game. He got me affiliated with the network in a sense. He got me linked up with all these guys. He brought me in um, as a little brother, and now we're all a family, and, and we came in together with the network as a family. So my man, Rob, Rob, tell us, you know, give us your social media plugs, your uh, your 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 podcast plugs, and definitely let us know about Cruise Island because they keep hearing us call you Cruise Island, but they're not <laughs> understanding why. It's a thing. Oh, they will soon, though. March 3rd, y'all will know why. Uh, yeah, like Mo said, y'all already know where you can find me, FNC Pod on Twitter, Football and Chill Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Cruise Island is coming March 3rd. Uh, the hottest wait yeah cannot wait i'm super excited um so if y'all got hot takes for we're starting it on march 3rd because it's right before the start of the official nfl league year Mm -hmm. so we're talking free agency draft if y'all got hot takes of where people are gonna go or where they're not gonna go let me know tweet them hashtag cruise island or if you're just scrolling you see something wild like nah that's something only cruise would would think of send them my way i'm gonna um, try to get through as many as i can on the show it's going to be a lot of fun and obviously the uh other four guys you see here will at some point be guests on my show as well mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. you know i always got to give love to rob and, and you know i know it feels like sometimes i give a special little love to rob but at the same time <laughs> yeah, i mean like, we're not jealous at all by yeah. the way Mo. no I mean, but, but whatever you know, it's it's all respect because like when when I look here at this, he's your lineup, favorite. Like, we get it, man. No, nah, it's, <laughs> nah, it's not that. It's just like, bro, when I talk about coming into the podcast game, and you know, eventually when we all get to tell our stories about how we make it big, like I'm gonna look at Rob and be like, bro, this is the reason why. Like I'm gonna be able to sit next to him, point to him, and be like, look, I didn't even have a podcast. He brought me on his show, and you know, he allowed me on his platform to get in my mind that I could create my own platform and ultimately we bring our platforms together. And then when I look at bringing a platform, Steven was one of my first guests. Like I had Chris, I had Steven and and Jay Stevens, you know, shout out to Jay. Okay. Sorry about that. But yeah, those are some of my first guests. So, you know, I, I get the pool, you know, full. I always appreciate from where I started from. And, and it starts with Rob and being on football and chill. And then it starts to create it up in flames. And it starts with being what, you know, having Steven on as a guest. Steven has allowed me on breaking the game. And then it starts with linking with Jelani, bringing Barcia on as, you know, you know, the first time on. And 
that's one of many to come. So it's just I, I'm always very appreciative. So y'all go follow all these fellas that plugged in a their podcast, their social medias, bro. It's great content from the internet to to their podcast. Just follow these guys off the ball network.com. You can find everybody's individual stuff on off the ball network.com. As for me, at Up in Flames Pod on Twitter, Instagram, at Mo underscore Cheese 15. For my personal account, um, like I said, I say it every time when I plug myself in, no matter what. The the Mo Cheese story is going to come out. I'm just finding the right time <laughs> to eventually come out. Whether I, I really want it to come out on somebody else's platform when they ask me. But I'm not going to beg to be on somebody's platform to, to tell the story. It's just going to come Since out. Since you love Rob eventually so somebody's much, why gonna don't you just... Eventually, somebody's going to wonder on a random time. But <laughs> more on the Cheese 15 to follow on, on you know, mine. So, you know, on that note, you know, I appreciate y'all for listening. I appreciate y'all for following. This is the Off the Ball Network inaugural first mock draft. You know, so on that note, Up in Flames is out.